All right. I don't know if you guys heard me in the last podcast, but I was saying there's this one topic. I've been wanting to do this since before I even started this podcast. Even though the podcast is like almost two years now, I've been wanting to. This is like the, the one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast. And I never ended up doing this podcast. This is the podcast that women have been asking me for for probably 10 years before I did the podcast. Like, please, sister, we need information on this. And then when I mentioned it the other day to you guys in the last podcast, hey, I'm thinking about putting this one out there. You guys went crazy. So today is the day. It's like, oh, like I'm going to put it out there because I don't know why no one is helping our sisters with this. So many sisters who are either married or unmarried. Today's a married, unmarried podcast. I know I've been giving a lot of energy and attention to the unmarried ladies. If you're a married lady, don't feel bad. Don't feel neglected. I'm just going to help them out for about another week, week and a half, because I really want to make sure that I give them some tools that so many sisters just, when a lot of women DM me about the same thing, I have to put it out there. And because this is such a big topic, I have to carry it all at once. So anyway, what is the topic I'm talking about? Intercultural marriages. Yeah, we're Muslims. There's a, how many countries do we take up all over the world? We're marrying into each other's like different cultures. And sometimes we're even in the same culture, but from different parts of the country, it is complicated. And the root of so many of our problems are a lack of communication in certain areas. So I'm going to cover about five of them today that are really, really typical problems that I see out there that I think are just gems that you guys can use if you're married to basically um, make your marriage stronger. Or if you have issues like with your husband, figure out if some of these things are the reasons that you guys are really fighting. And it really could be that simple. And subhanAllah, the whole time you were thinking it was him, like on a personal level. I'm telling you, these things are really, really powerful. And if you're unmarried, this is great for you too, because you want to know about these things going in. This is like one of those eye openers. And last thing I'll drop before we start it right now is we just opened the challenge. If you're listening to this, Today was day one. So many of you guys are in there just literally pouring your hearts out. Um, the challenge I'm talking about, if you don't know, we're doing a five-day find a spouse by this Sunday challenge where I give you tons and tons of free stuff, free information, kind of like jam-packed in just five days. And by the fifth day, so much stuff happens. By the fifth day, women walk away with the 15 top questions to ask a guy. I have 95, but I give away like 15 of them. And then inshallah, they get a marriage plan. And then we also, within a day or two from there, because we're just like tallying everybody up, we give away a prize worth almost $400 and two Amazon gift cards. And then everybody gets showered with coupons. So it is just a ton of fun and a way to get like a lot of really great information on a topic that's usually stressful for women, finding a guy, right? And at the same time, just make it really like it's so much camaraderie. So like the women are just cheering each other on in there. If you ever feel alone, unmotivated, depressed about it, girl, get in there. We're in there having a ton of fun. So I just want to finish up saying that if you need in the show notes, you'll find it down below, but let's get into the podcast. I'm so excited. Long time coming to share this information with you exactly um, what you need to know to make an intercultural marriage work. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. And today I'm going to emphasize the word empowering because I just got done interviewing a sister. Get excited. It's coming out soon. I have an, um, a sister that I interviewed and her struggle of her seven years to find a guy and just the difference of where she is right now from where she started. It was crazy experience. So like she said, that's what I feel. I feel so empowered now that I got certain information. And we're going to let you know what that information was that she got. But it just changed everything for her. So definitely feeling like women just need to know when it comes to marriage, you're just missing the tools. There's nothing wrong with you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us great. He makes us just as we should be. And we would be even better, the ultimate versions of ourselves that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us for if we just had the tools. So here we are giving you some of that around intercultural marriage, the topic of today. Very excited. Now, these are just about five gems that I have 
really just seeing, like I said, after about 20 years of working with women, like I've, I've noticed this as a pattern popping up over and over and realizing that many times this was the source of so many fights in marriage, so many problems where people took it personal. Like, oh, my husband's like this, not realizing it was just like a cultural misunderstanding. Then I will even um, unveil today some of these things with my own husband. Some experiences I had, what I did, maybe with certain uh, women I know. And inshallah, you'll get kind of like some tips with some really crazy stories about like how simple things can be like, I don't know. It's just, it's stuff you need to know if you're going to marry a guy who could be from a different part of the country, like could be like your own country, but from the North or from the South or from a different culture. All right. So this is definitely, definitely for you. And if you feel like you have more things you want me to talk about that I didn't cover today, definitely, definitely DM me on Instagram at Mindful Muslima. And I know two guys that were having um, a free class coming out in a um, challenge definitely message me at Mindful Muslim as well. Inshallah, bismillah. All right, let's get into it. So number one, the first tip I want to give to women for intercultural marriages is define, define, define. Now before define, I will go into the overall, let's say top thing, which is communication. Now everything I'm going to mention to you today requires communication. So for the unmarried ladies, that means you need to ask things that will get you these answers about these things to see if like you're okay with it are you cool with that because there might be things in his culture that you're like oh no I don't want to deal with that oh I didn't know that that's how it works but you won't know until you ask him you can't we cannot make sweeping generalizations here guys if I know somebody who's from Nigeria I'm not gonna be like oh I know how it is in Nigeria it's like this no it's not there's different families there's in one country, there's different parts. Same thing if he's from Egypt or he's from Pakistan or he's from, you know, like Indonesia, like wherever they're from, you have to, and I have to understand that there are particular cultural nuances and we need to be privy to them. And I just happen to have one of my, one of my degrees. I know I have many, many hats, but one of my degrees is actually an entire degree in um, cultural anthropology. So I did a lot of digging with this as well. It's a passion of mine, like culture, food, travel, on top of the fact that like, whatever, I'm a licensed educator and all those other things. But like there, it's something that honestly, I didn't think it was going to serve me. But today, because here on the podcast, we serve 137 countries, it actually helps me every day. So by Allah, guys, whoever you get in those degrees, you never know how they're going to be utilized, subhanAllah, if you just leave Allah's qadr open, subhanAllah. So the first thing I said was define, define, define. So let me tell you what that means. I'm going to tell you with a little bit of a story. There was a sister and she was on the brink of divorce. She came to me and she was just in tears. My husband, you know, this is, you know, basically what he's doing and I don't understand, you know, like she basically came down to it where she didn't feel loved. She felt he didn't care about her. Now, likewise, she said, ironically, he thinks I don't care about him. I don't really love him, quote unquote. She's like, but I do. And I'm like, oh yeah, really? And she's like, yeah. She's like, this is what I do for him every day. And she's like listing all these things. Now, this particular sister just happened to be American, okay? And the other guy, he just happened to be from another culture. It was Egyptian. I'm just going to throw it out there. I usually don't say countries, but just for the sake of learning, I'll just say it today. And, um, and by the way, when I say these types of things, I'm not saying all Americans would say this or all Egyptians. Like I just started off saying there are no sweeping generalizations. I'm only telling because it's a particular story for a particular situation. And I, and I won't tell all the countries all the time, but it's just something interesting, I think. So when you, when she's telling me what she did, she's like, um, you know, and then in America, if you guys are not aware, just like some parts of the UK, it's like, what does that mean? You're American. There's so many types of Americans. It's a quote unquote melting pot, even though it's more like a salad, right? But whatever, it, it, these are, these are cultural anthropology terms I'm throwing out at you. But anyway, the point is, um, it, it is like her, her version of what she thought love was. That's what she was doing. The other guy, he was like, he was like, what? That's not love. And da, da, da. So she came to me crying and upset. She's on the brink of divorce. She's like, we just can't seem to be on the same page. She's always upset with me. He thinks I don't do anything. And she's just like going on and on. So I said, let me ask you a question. When you say love, he doesn't love me. He doesn't think I love him. I said, how do you define love? And then she told me, she's like, oh, I think it's this. I think it's that. Now that's a very abstract word, love. And if you haven't thought about that, I want you to wrap your head around it. 
love. If I asked anyone right now to give me a definition of love, and I've talked about this a long time ago on my podcast. If I asked, and I'm just going to touch on it today. If I asked you to give me the definition of love right now, even you right now listening to this podcast, if you're in the car, if you're walking, if you're washing dishes, whatever it is, you got your, your earbuds in, like what does love, how would you define love to somebody who never heard this word before? So that's a pretty open-ended thing. Like so many definitions would come in, right? She tells me hers. I'm like, cool. I want you to go home and to ask him, what do you think, like, what does love mean? What does love mean? Like, what do you think love is? If somebody's showing love, what does that look like? What does that look like? And she asked him. I said, hold up. I want you to ask him one more thing. I said, you know, he's, he was telling her that she wasn't a good wife. I said, I want you to define good. That's another big one. Come on, good. What does that mean, right? In the context of what, whatever. So I told her, define, tell, ask him to tell you what a good wife is. And she's like, okay. So she goes and she, because I do these consultation sessions. You guys know that I do consultations all the time. You guys want to reach me, you know, my information's below. And so what happens is she goes and she does it. And then she comes back and she's like, oh my goodness. And I'm like, what? She's like, I'm married to this guy for like seven years. And I never asked him these questions. I'm like, okay, what did he say? And then she's like, he said, um, love means that, um, you're always calling me all the time on the phone, like constantly calling me on the phone and asking me, you know, particular questions. I'm like, oh, what questions? And he's like, and he's like, then she's like, she's like, but the point is like, she's like, she's like, um, and, and, um, she says, it means that uh, I was asking him, did he eat today? I'm like, did he eat today? She's like, yeah, did he eat today? You should be asking me, did I eat today? And then after I tell you what I ate, you need to be telling me, oh, that's not enough. You should have eaten more. Come home. I'll take care of you. And this and this. And I'm like, she's like, oh my gosh, in my culture, if you call somebody that many times, they're going to think you like are so insecure and you have issues. <laughs> she's like, And then she's like, people would be like, wow, you're a nag. You're annoying. She's like, I would never call him that many times. I think that's ridiculous. First of all, she goes and on top of that. She goes, you know, like in my culture, that's just ridiculous. Nobody does that. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, but what did, what else? Well, like, what did he say a good wife was? She's like, oh, please. She's like, a good wife is a basically his mother I'm like rubbing his back if he's coughing I'm, I'm like oh my gosh tell me what's wrong stop the world you know like da, 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 da. and she's like she's like he wanted me to gush all over him if he had already eaten a lot she, uh, he wanted me to like shove his face full of more food like like the way I would show love is almost like she's like he didn't say his mother but I'm interpreting what he's describing to me is something a mother would do for a baby and I'm like interesting and I said, tell me more about his family who raised him, his mom. And then by the time we got down to it, like really his entire definition and perspective of the role of the woman was so different. Now, now I know some women are jumping to like the whole like oppressive thing. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about he has been raised and just so happened this guy was raised in a, in a village in Egypt. There's Cairo, there's Alexandria, there's all different kinds of villages. He was raised in a village. So there's village life. This girl was raised in the suburbs in America, but it was still like a, like an uppity suburbs. It wasn't like a, a country like when, we don't say village here. We say um, we say countryside like or like in the country or in the south or something like that. She was not raised like that. So she doesn't even have that mentality in an American sense. She was raised more like city life type thing in like a very metropolitan area. And that is not what women do. Women are like very career driven. Women are very active. And they're definitely not like waiting home all day for a phone call or gushing all over a guy like his mother. That's just not the way she was raised. Clearly, you can see the tension that is created by that situation. Their worldviews. And I want you to take this new word as a vocabulary if you haven't already. Their worldviews, their impression of what is good and right and true and supposed to be are totally different. Now, who's right, her or him? Do you want to know the answer? Both of them. Neither of them. It's not a matter of right and wrong, guys. And this is where people go at it in the wrong way. This, is, this would be a very, like, how do we say it, bias or racist way to approach it. It's not, nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about understanding someone else's worldview, someone's life experience, someone's perspective. And this is actually like what's wrong with most of the world is that everybody in another country is trying to fix somebody else's 
issue on the other side of the world, like especially thinking they're saving them or helping them. But sometimes people don't want to be saved. They like their culture. They like their worldview. They don't really need you to change it. They're just maybe having an economic condition, but they, they like their own culture, right? So my point to you is, number one, it was a very long drawn out story, but I wanted to just drive the point home. Define words in your relationship. Please write that one down. If you do this with your spouse before before you're married, excuse me, let's do this one first. If you're unmarried, ladies, if you're single, ooh, ask this one. What does love mean to you? What does love look like to you? Um, what, what's your definition of a good wife? You know, he's going to say she cooks, she cleans. No, I want you to go deeper. Ask about, and this is not even like grazing the types of questions that I give out to women. I get real deep with these kinds of questions. Like you got to ask some good questions. And that's what I, I had a whole post the other day on Instagram don't ask the wrong questions. When you ask the wrong questions, you get the wrong information and you definitely put yourself in a very big position of weakness in, in, the, in the marriage process. And that's what I teach women. I have the class. You guys know that. Join the free class. I'll give you tons of information. Please don't put yourself in a position of weakness. I need to have all the women empowered with tools, right? So this, um, this particular women she was empowered by now understanding that it wasn't that he didn't love her and then and then oh, oh wait it was even better then she did the same back to him well like and she's like well you want to know what my definition of a good husband is and he's like yeah isn't it this isn't it that and she's like no like the things that he he wasn't even doing a good job in her eyes because he was doing what men do in his worldview to be a good man so ironically isn't this sad both of them sweethearts trying to please the other with the entirely wrong expectation. He was doing it based on what she he thought she wanted or the way he was taught men should be, and she was doing it the same. So in the end, once they were able to realize that, their marriage problem in that respect was solved. And once they delved into that, they found that was the problem in so many areas of their life. So now every time they're, they're starting to fight with each other, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. In my culture, this is this. What about you? And he's like, no, we never do that. And he's like, whoa. So they've learned to communicate differently and ask each other things in detail before assuming the other person doesn't care or is wrong, you know? Now, I just want to reiterate again, that was a, a particular story of a particular sister with her husband. It's not that everyone from America is like that or everybody from uh, Egypt's like that. I was just giving, just like to give you guys an understanding. I want you to like really, really be able to picture it, that people are going to get married from people. And even if you're both city people, that doesn't matter. You still need to have that conversation, okay? If you're both country people, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's not about that. It's about that person's life experience and what it means to them because maybe it's still not the same, even if you're from the same city, all right? All right, this is another big one. Let me get number two out here. Mm. Ooh, okay, so it's the same type of thing, but it's a slightly different one. Expectations. I had a sister the other day, it had nothing to do with culture, but I'm gonna throw this one in there as almost like a bonus, like extension of number one. Um, it's not just the intercultural reason. It's sometimes it's just basic personality or life experience needs. So I'm going to use the intercultural label here to, to say like every people have their own life experiences and, and we have to take that into account. So for example, I had a, a woman that called me up the other day, again, on a consultation, it was actually a couple weeks ago. And she was saying, um, <laughs> she was saying like, I'm done. I'm totally done. I need a divorce. I, like again, women all the day calling me about they need a divorce, right? I need a divorce. I'm married X amount of years. She was married a long time, a long time. Her kids were now grown, but they were, some of them were still small. It was a mix. And she was telling me that her husband had been holding her back her whole life. She can't take it anymore. Um, you know, she was going to work and then he told her not to and she thought she was being a good wife. But honestly, she had gone to university. She has a degree in XYZ and she had been waiting to use it. She figured she'd raise the kids. But then even after the kids were raised, he was like, no, why do you need to go outside? I'm providing everything. And she's like, I'm at the point in my life where I just feel so unfulfilled because I wanted to do things that I wanted to do. And I said, well, didn't you guys kind of discuss that before you were going to get married? Like the expectation of working and not. And she's like, we kind of did. But here's the problem. And this is what I want women to know, especially like I told you um, when I do this, when I, this is what I teach women 
all the time in the, the classes and the courses and stuff. You have to set up your non-negotiables. And you might have heard me talk about this in, in, in one or two other podcasts. I graze on these things. When you're going to get married, you need to set up your non-negotiables. For her, working was a non-negotiable. She wanted to do it. You know, she it was very important to her. But she got all, you know, a little gushy on the guy. And she was like, you know what? He seems like he's going to be great. Let me just figure it out. No, no, no. So I tell women, before you get emotionally involved in the process, you find a guy who you're like kind of vibing on. Do not do that before you have figured out your non-negotiables. One of the things I do, okay, is that one of the first things I teach women is to figure out things about themselves before they even bother looking for the guy. I had another woman the other day message me about the fact that, um, oh, so once I just know the right questions to ask a guy, that's all I got to do, right? Then it's like figure it out and then just marry him, right? Like, no, you're missing like 30 steps. There's like, when I say 30 steps, I'm, 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 I'm exaggerating a bit here. What I mean is there's a process. And for those of you who know who work with me, it's a four-step process. It's you, them, family, and then the steps to get married. And so my point is here. Um, her expectation was that she would eventually get to, to work. And his was, all the while, to be honest, never. And, and, and she was trying to bend and be flexible. And so what I want to tell women who are going to get married is don't bend on the things that mean a lot to you. Just find a different guy. It's, it's, you don't have to be with that guy. Oh, no, but we're so compatible. Guys, this is what happens. I have so many calls about the misery later because she's like, I'm bitter against him. Now I don't even love him. She told me multiple times, I do not love him anymore. Because that's what happens. Those types of things make your heart cold to another person because eventually you blame them. It's from Shaitan. It's from Shaitan. I'm not going to lie. But you start to, your heart gets hard against that person. I feel you know, horrible that that had to happen to her. And so what I want you to know is number two is expectations. Um, set your expectations, know his expectations, be super clear and don't bend on the non-negotiables because in his culture, for example, it was, it was not good for him to allow her to work. It made him look bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, and for her, she was like, whatever, in my family, everybody thinks I'm so smart and I'm going to do an amazing things for the world and they need me to go out and do this, you know? So it, it's not that, it's not because she's a woman. It's because, again, the different expectations of the person. And this, this can be cultural, like I said, because in his culture, he would be looked bad upon, although it had nothing to do directly with culture. It was just like, they didn't discuss the expectations and, and, and she bent on things that she shouldn't have bent on. Because later on, it came back to, to, to hurt her. And so, you know, that was another thing. So number three, ooh, this is a, this is a good one. This is the one that, that even I struggle with. I'll tell you a bit of my own struggle with this one. So um, know what angers and offends the other culture. This is really important because so many people have bad relationships with in-laws and their own husband because of this. And so I'll touch on both today. Especially people like in-laws. Ooh, like I know I get a lot of people going, can you do another podcast on in-laws? I'm really struggling with my in-laws. The in-law word is like the buzzword. Okay. In-laws are not the problem. I mean, they can cause problems. Let's not joke about that. But at the same time, anything that you're dealing with in life can be handled by the appropriate approach. And this is what I try to tell women all the time. Especially if you were in my emotions course, right? emotions and we're still doing it now shout out to the ladies who are still finishing up with that i told you you could just do it in four weeks and that was when we started it and these women are like they have an entirely different toolkit right now to face what's going on out there so alhamdulillah i just want women to know you don't have to feel horrible that's totally a choice because you could choose to learn not to feel horrible and there's a way and there's actual tools like i said you want to message me message me but please don't suffer in silence, especially unnecessarily. And so, subhanAllah, when it came to the issue of this, like, we need to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can make any difficult situation easy. Like Ibrahim salam, that vision of him in the fire and the fire was cool for him, that is almost like a metaphor for the fact that even if life is turmoil, you can have peace and calm and happiness. They're in, in within that turmoil. So even if you're living in your in-laws house right now, or you're living in your parents' house right now, and you're like, oh my goodness, get me out of here. I'm telling you, there's a way to manage that. That's why I talk to women constantly, right? So anyway, this particular sister, I was trying to help her out because, and I'll tell you her maybe in a minute if I have time, but I'll tell you myself first. How about that? So 
this was hard because, um, I, like I said, I have a background in cultural affairs. So that's why I was able to figure this out. But I know a lot of sisters who are in my same position that have not. And obviously I started to give them this information, but I want you to know this. So in every culture, there are things that are taboo. I think we kind of should know that, right? We don't know what they all are in everyone, but they are. And I remember there was a joke. We had a particular president. I'm not going to say his name, particular president. All of our presidents seem to be quite interesting. Um, we had a particular president that, um, had, use some like in some in some cultures like putting certain fingers up and I'm not talking about the bad finger I'm not talking about the finger putting certain fingers up like in one country the joke was on this president in one country like in America when you put up these particular fingers it meant peace it was a very positive thing if anybody did this on our soil people will be like oh this person is peaceful they're for peace that's amazing so the president was not so privy to the fact that fingers and pointing in hands which are huge issues in other countries like for example if you deal with a buddhist child especially in thailand you don't touch the head ever that's the equivalent of touching private parts in other countries and i'm sorry if i said that word but like it's not it's it's like a real word it's a scientific thing right so at the end of the day you know there's certain things you don't do so the point is um no other buzzwords sorry guys um and so at the end of the day like he decided I'm going to use those fingers <laughs> to get off a plane in another country. And then he, he put the fingers up and at first everyone was clapping for him. Yay, you're here. And then he put the fingers up and it turned into instant booze. It was like, boo. And then you're like, he was like, what just happened? And so this is very much like marriage. Okay. See that president had a great intention. He was like, I'm going to come on. I'm going to do good. I'm going to wave. Everybody's going to clap and we're going to have a great relationship conversation. It's going to be a great diplomatic event. He had good intentions, but he had a poor execution of those intentions. Do you get me? All right. Did I, like seal the deal there. Okay. So in my marriage, it was very much like that. You guys know, if you haven't already heard, I have a podcast called uh, Meet My Husband. So if you ever want to understand my process with my husband, maybe I will link that below. My husband actually came on my podcast. I mean, I would never put my husband on my podcast, to be honest. I'm not one of those. I don't believe in that you should put your spouses out there on social media. Um, I did it literally to prove a point. Um, I wanted him to come on and share some things um, in the purpose of teaching for marriage. So if you are unmarried and you're curious, or if you are married and you're just curious, like you could just whatever, go check it out. I'll try a link below. But the point is, um, you know, he came on out. I had these problems in the beginning because I, I started to have them the first year. That first year was like trying to figure each other out, right? And then after that, I because my cultural, my cultural light bulb kicked in, I started to ask questions. So it went like this. My husband would start to do things that would really upset me. Why? Turns out because they were totally cultural. Nothing to do with my husband being a bad guy. My husband is a sweetheart. Okay. And I found him, by the way, by the way of the Quran and Sunnah, the thing that I promote for all women. I didn't use the Western way. I didn't like go date and find him and like text him. No. This was all done by the way of the Quran and Sunnah by the within the parameters of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking the right questions and looking for the right things and everything I teach women all the time okay my daughter i married her the same way if you guys are on the free class you'll hear my marriage story with my daughter i'm going to tell her it's, it's um it's really really oh it's just powerful what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does when you actually follow what he says it's amazing allah karim allah is the best keeper of promises i am not good he is amazing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so anyway my husband right really really tough we had these crazy relationship issues in the beginning and one day I start to sit down. I'm like, I don't get it. We were so compatible. What is happening? And then I was like, oh, I need to, like some new things had come up. Like I had asked the cultural questions, but I, I was younger then than I am now with you. So that's what I'm trying to say. Even still in our age, we can always learn. And there were certain things that I didn't touch on that now I, I knew after years of working with women and stuff that I do. So anyway, the point is I went to him <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Can I, he was really upset with me. I said, can I ask you a question? He's like, yeah, 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 what is going on? And I said, in your culture, are, are, are women allowed to do this? He's like, no, we, that's so offensive if you did that with my brother-in-law or my sister-in-law, like whatever. And I, but what, I go, what about if it's your mother? Like, am I supposed to do that? He's like, no, you never do that. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so the opposite of everything in my culture. And it turned out 
that even though I thought we had co- we had covered certain things, um, they weren't the same. And let me see if I can come up with an example just to be I'm trying to think because it was so long ago. We don't have these fights anymore. We're more like laughs. We laugh now. It's just like he's like, wait a minute. Even my husband does it. He's like, wait a minute. In your culture, blah blah blah. And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh my goodness. Okay. So let me give you a perfect example. Um, in my okay, this is one I was so embarrassed about. So embarrassed. Okay, this is the in laws. Okay, so. Um, my sister-in-law, which is my husband's brother, um, his wife. Um, so for years, okay. For the first two years I invited, I was like, Oh, tell your brother to come over with everybody and eat. His brother would show up with the kids without the sister-in-law. And I felt shy to ask her why she didn't come. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe she doesn't, maybe she was busy. Just didn't want to bother her. Whatever. Then again, came over without the mother. Now there is, there is a, you know, some issue they had at the time, whatever her with my husband, but for the most part, like, like I'll get to it in a minute. Like she just didn't show up. So then finally, um, you know, it didn't come again. I'm like, oh my gosh, she doesn't like me. And then that thing went in my head, like, oh, now I have a problem with this person. Why is this person like me? And I have women tell me all the time, like, why is she so mean to me? I don't get it. I didn't do anything to her. Like, okay. So check this out. Two years, oh my gosh, so embarrassing. Two years pass. And finally, I turned to my husband. I don't know why I didn't say it before. I was like, can I ask you a question? Why doesn't so-and-so ever come when, when your brother comes with the kids? And then he goes, well, you never invited her. And I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? I never invited her. We invited her. He goes, no, 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 no. You told me to ask him to come. And you didn't call her and ask her to come. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? And he's like, in my culture, the men call the men and invite them. And the women call the women and invite them. And if you didn't call her, she will never just come. Cause this means you didn't invite her. I was like, oh my gosh, this whole time she thought I didn't invite her. He said, of course you didn't invite her. I said, you, I said, you, you didn't tell me that's what happens in your culture. He's like, well, you didn't ask. I'm like, subhanallah like really so then I went and I started like other stuff because you know what I realized men don't sometimes know it's from their culture so they don't even know so there was another situation with like a gift thing in my culture when someone gets married what you give them what you don't give them how much you give them when do you do it how do you shake hands what do you say to them like even though Islam has Islam right there's certain things and there's I mean we could be here all day talking about all the funny situations that happen but yeah in another instance something like that the whole time the other side thought I didn't like them when I thought they didn't like me because I didn't know the cultural language of that particular situation so there are so many things to learn and know and don't always jump to conclusions because it turns out I thought you know they were offended for me, but turns out the other way around and the whole time I didn't know. So number three is understand what anger is and offense. And like I said, with my husband, I had a similar situation. There's certain things we were doing and he was like, no, you know, like in his culture, you should do this. And if it doesn't, that means you don't love me. It's the same thing, you know? So subhanAllah, find out what angers and offends people and the, the in-laws as well. There's a lot of unspoken, like they won't come and tell you. So I'll give you one more. In my husband's culture, there is no confrontation I mean I don't want to say the word no that's a very strong word there is not okay so in my culture when you go and I'm not gonna say the cultures I'll keep keep you wondering all right if if you know me already then you know (laughs) we're a mixed family we're very mixed very mixed we have like four continents in our family I think maybe five I have to figure out but but definitely is four continents anyway the point is in my culture we um was I gonna say we don't um Certain things that we we do or we don't do. And in my husband's culture, certain things that we do or we don't do. And at the end of the day, what happened was... Oh, you know what? I'm going to hold up on that. I'll leave that one to number five because it actually goes along with number five. So let me just hold on. Just hold on with that. I was going to tell you something funny about confrontation. This is a huge one. This is about like families and when you have problems and like how do you how do you figure out problems? So I'll get to that one in a second. Let me hold off on that one. Let's go to number four because it comes first and then I'll go back to that one. Dynamics of relationships in the family. Okay. So for example, there was a situation where my husband in his culture, um, we don't understand. You have to understand how relationships work and not get offended so if you have a husband that always listens to his sister or a husband that always listens to his brother or a husband that always listens to his mother 
Um, this is sometimes a huge problem for a woman because he will take the advice of them over the other. I have a lot of women crying to me about this one. And so at the end of the day, we have to understand that in certain cultures, it, it means certain things. So for example, when I first married my husband, when we had, when he had large amounts of money, he wouldn't ask me to hold them for him in our bank account. He would ask his brother. Now in my culture, that is unheard of. You don't do that unless you don't trust your wife. So imagine that. That is like huge, like trust, right? And then it looks like, oh, he's doing something shady. And then, so I remember like my husband had some issue. And then I asked him, I said, well, what about this? And then he was like, are you crazy? In my culture, we always give it to our brother. That's our brother. He's our blood. And I was like, but you don't, he goes, no. If I did that, people would be like, what's wrong with you? Again, cultural misunderstandings around relationships. So in his aspect, in his, in his upraising, his brother had a certain role. It was to be his second father. It was to be the person who, especially because he's the ages of the guys matter. My, my husband was a younger person. He was the youngest of the sons and his other brother was, he wasn't the oldest, but he was almost the oldest because he had a lot of brothers. And so therefore he had a very fatherly role. So the father, even though he was alive, he was getting ill. The older brother, not the older brother, he was like I said, the older brother was busy with something so he couldn't do it. But like the second to oldest brother took on the role of the father of a respect. And there were certain things that my husband has a very tight relationship with him. Great guy and everything. But yeah, this is the, the, the aspect of things. Now in my culture, husband and wives are husband and wives. Like your stuff is your stuff. And you don't like, you don't, that's not what we do at all. So again, we have to ask. And so this was something that became, it could have been easily offensive, but I knew to ask. I knew to be like, hey, what about this? I'll tell you one more about relationships. In my husband's culture, um, the younger generation has to call the older generation. If they don't, they're not good. The older generation shouldn't have to call the younger generation and check on them. Now, it's funny because in my culture, I'm not sure... I think it's quite the same, but my family doesn't follow this culture too much. I will have to say it's ne- it's it's more assumed. It's some of my family does. Let me just say that, and some of my family doesn't. It's just kind of one of those things. Like if you do, you do; you don't, you don't. But in my husband's culture, it's extremely, extremely important. And if you're the younger one, if you're the nephew and you don't call your uncle, or if you're the uncle and you don't call your whatever, like it's really big. It means you're just not a good family member. And so subhanAllah, it's funny because I have, even though I'm not from my husband's culture, because I've, I'm basically so understanding of my husband's culture and I kind of just like go along with a lot of the stuff that they do. They've almost like kind of integrated me like she's just one of ours, like whatever. And so I have older kids now. You guys might know I have, we have three that are married and we have younger ones too. We have a whole bunch, <laughs> a whole bunch of people running around. So like, anyway, so the older ones, um, they know to call us because they're 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 the children and they should call the parents and, and ask on the parents how are you if I have to call them and they haven't called me that is considered they're not doing their job now I don't I don't really like hold it against them but my husband definitely gets offended by that because it's, it's culturally what they do and throughout the whole family so my point is understanding the roles of culture and relationships and the way that certain people have certain weight or the way that the way that certain types of reaching out to one another should go and and again, this kind of all kind of goes together, right? It's all about defining. It's all about communication. It's all about what angers, what offends, dynamics of relationship. As you can see, there's a lot of crossover in the things that I'm mentioning, but I'm just going to go back and rewind a second. Defining vocabulary, making sure you guys are on the same page. Um, Understanding the expectations of the other side. Most of the time, somebody's upset because the other person is not meeting their expectations. And nine out of 10 times, guys, we're not telling them what those expectations are. Oh, yes, I have. I told him. I want you to take out the garbage. Why aren't you taking out the garbage? But that's not really it. The garbage isn't the problem. It's like <laughs> the garbage isn't the problem. But it's, it's what that means to us. When he doesn't take out the garbage and we asked him to because he knows how overwhelmed we are, are we really upset about the garbage? Some women are like, yeah, I, I want it out the kitchen, right? And then some women are like, it means he doesn't care. It means he doesn't care about how overwhelmed I am. It's deeper than that. You see what I'm saying? That's the expectation. You showing you care by seeing me overwhelmed and then doing X, Y, Z. The guy doesn't get that. So often they don't, guys. We have to like spell it out for them. It's just, it's just the way it is. Why do I have to spell it out for him? He should just know because it's the way they're designed. And there's certain things, guys, they can never understand about us. So it actually goes both ways. All right. Last one is I said how to talk in his culture. 
Ooh, this is a funny one too. All right. So like I said, in so many cultures, I'm going to give you a funny story in a second, but in so many cultures, like there's a particular way of talking. I'll give you an example. Um, I speak a couple different languages, some better than others. And when I was uh, speaking Spanish, because Spanish is very close to um, another language that I speak, I could speak Spanish. And, you know, obviously my Spanish used to be really good. It used to be probably like, I'd be like 85% accurate. These days I'm probably like 45% accurate because I don't really use it, right? Um, anyway, but the point is um, when you speak in certain languages, sometimes you end with like si or no. And like, same thing as like when uh, you speak like Italian, sometimes it's like this. And so, like, when you speak different languages, um, sometimes you end with questions or with open ended things or like there's particular ways to talk. Or like, uh, you know, in some other countries, they say like, Sahalala. like you have to know like how they kind of intercommunicate. Let's just say there's certain ways of doing it. So one of those things is sarcasm. So in one of the sisters, she had a problem at the time because in her husband's culture, nobody would communicate directly. If there was a problem, nobody would talk about it. And I could totally relate because in my culture, you have confrontation so in my culture if somebody bothers you 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 call them up you take them to the side you're going to talk about it you're going to iron it out hopefully they get over it hopefully you get over it if you do you guys can like you know you know eventually everybody will forget about it and you'll move on in in so many other cultures that i've dealt with you never have a confrontation and i don't want to say the names of these cultures right now but i've dealt with them for years i'm talking like at least two and a half decades these particular cultures. I'm in the masjids a lot. I'm in the masjid a lot. And so like you go to different masjid and you will have issues with another person from another culture and you want to talk to them about that issue and they will be like, what are you talking about? Especially with the women. It's very, very difficult. I don't know if you have this in your culture, but they will pretend they have no idea what you're talking about, even though you know that they know exactly what you're talking about. But there's this thing where everybody plays... I don't want to say plays down, but like, like they just, it's, it's something not done in their culture. You don't talk directly to someone about something. Unfortunately, many times you talk behind their back, which in Islam is backbiting. So it's funny enough, but like my culture is actually more aligned with Islam in this aspect where you do talk to the person directly in a very kind way, privately to the side. You don't talk to anyone else about that issue. You talk to them and you communicate, you fix it and you quietly dissolve it. That's actually the Islamic approach. But in this particular situation, I remember one sister described that she was in the masjid and there was one woman who would like to announce in front of all the other women things to embarrass her. Have you guys ever heard that in your culture or another culture where you embarrass another woman in front of everyone else to test their resolve? Can they handle it? I have tons of sisters that are like, Woo, when I go back home, it's just all the women have gatherings, they get dressed up and then each one of them like makes fun of the other one to see if they're going to like cry or not. And I'm like, do these things really happen? These are Muslims. This is not from Islam. Let me just be honest. So anyway, this particular woman, like she had gained some weight, right? And so the other woman grabs her belly. If you are a woman listening right now, tell me that you will ever accept anyone to grab your belly. I don't care how skinny you think you are. And most of us have belly complexes, right? The muffin top issue, right? Someone grabbing your belly is like, what? It's like the equivalent of grabbing other things that no one should ever grab at any time, right? So grabs her belly and goes, oh my gosh, look at you. You really put on some weight. And you know, this is a funny thing. I hear a lot of young girls get this from their aunties. Oh, look at you. You're so fat right now. You're so this, right? Like this is like very un-Islamic, obviously. So this is very cultural. That wasn't the problem. That's not what I'm bringing up. She grabbed her and then the lady, like, she didn't know what to do. She was, like, shocked. And then she ended up crying, like, left and she was crying quietly to herself. And then um, (laughs) she was told by someone else, the next time that person does that, grab their stomach back and go, oh, my gosh, you too. (laughs) And she was like, never. That's ridiculous. They were like, look. She already embarrassed in front of everyone. And every time this woman went into the masjid, she was getting embarrassed like this. Yeah. She would bring up something. And she said, I, they said to her, I need you to call her by the name of so-and-so and so and do this back to her. Now, someone's going to say to me on the podcast, why would you suggest that for someone to do? I'm not suggesting it. I'm not suggesting it. I'm just telling you of her account. The problem for her was she didn't want to do that. She wanted to grab her belly. She was like, no, I won't do that. I'm going to pull her to the side and discuss it with her. So she did. And so she's like, hey, sister, she came into the message the next day. She's like, can I talk to you about like what happened? And the lady's like, yeah. 
uh sure assalamu alaikum whatever and then she pulls her to the side and she's like you know the other day when you like grabbed my belly and she told her about she's like no i don't know what you're talking about and she's like the the other day when you like grabbed me in front of everyone she's like no habibi what are you talking about and she's like but we were all there like you know that and the lady kept going on and on and on and on until the girl was like i it was like it never happened but then she made me question if it happened because it wasn't like, I don't understand. And in my, you know, it's funny because in my husband's culture, which is not the same culture I just described, that happens too. If you're fighting with somebody, you don't talk about it. In my husband's culture, you make fun of them. So what in my husband's culture, what they should have done is come up to them and been like, oh, look at you. Ha, ha, ha. And then what they do is they indirectly dig on the person without ever actually saying it to them. I don't know if that, if you're not from that culture, then that's not how you handle it. So, um. Uh, you know, like, so if, or if, you, if you're mad at a person, you won't say it to them, but you will say it to them. This is how they do it. It's like, uh, like, hey, oh, yeah, but you wouldn't know that, right? Because you never save any money. Woo! Yeah, that's crazy. You get you, Mr. Like, never save any money. I'm a hot mess. Woo! Woo! They act like they're joking, but they're not. And it's a sarcasm. The way they express their displeasure is through sarcasm and laughing. Now, FYI, also not Islamic. But you see all the things in our cultures that are happening. So I'm not trying to say these things to scare women away. I really wanted to do this podcast, like I told you, for the longest time. Because I see reverts, and yeah, I'm going to throw the word reverts right now in the mix. Having to come into our Muslim community, like, what? in the world am I experiencing because I'm reading the Quran and the Quran says this, but then you guys are doing all of this really different stuff. (laughs) You know, I'm not laughing like it's funny. I'm laughing like embarrassed. Like our Muslim communities have these cultural influences where we put the ways of our forefathers and subhanAllah. And you know, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he even mentions how he will call out the people. And Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi mentions how he calls out the people. Like, like, and they said, we were just doing like what our forefathers were doing. Like, what do you want from us? This is just how it's done. This is, this is from my history. I can't change. When Frederick, one time an old man, he came to Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and, and there was a problem with his akhlaq, with his character. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, you know, you know, basically that he should change something. And the guy said, I'm something, something years old. What do you want from me? And the Prophet, peace be upon him, his, his face got red. It got, you know, he didn't say anything back to him, but he clearly was angered. Because the truth is, guys, it doesn't matter what age you are, what age I am. It doesn't matter what experiences we had, what type of family we came from. There is an Islamic way of doing things. And the best thing a woman could ever do, this is my ultimate advice for the unmarried sisters, and then I'll talk about the married sisters, is to marry a guy who is truly on the deen. And I'm not saying on the deen like he goes to the measure, he has a long beard, he has a thob, check, eats halal, check, no. There's more than just that. These are the, I'd hate to say it, ABCs, like that's not impressive anymore. That's never was impressive. It, it's it, There's more to that. And Rasul Sallallahu when he talked about marriage, he didn't talk about degrees, he didn't talk about long beards, he didn't talk about um, what country they were from, and he surely didn't talk about like, you know, the, like if someone eats zabiha or not, okay? This is not the qualifications even though these are very important let me just make sure i'm clear here these are very important there are things equally or more important than those and subhanallah we have kind of lowered our standards in looking for guys and and husbands like does he pray five times yes he prays five times because unfortunately our people don't nowadays may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring us back on the straight path please say i mean because all of us we need that and so in closing, what I want to say is when you marry a guy who is actually following the Quran and Sunnah, you have the same language as him. And that's why I appreciate my husband. That's why I love my husband so much. Because even though we are, when I say I feel like our cultures are different, like we came from different planets. I, I mean, like I have no understanding of why they would do things. They just, oh, every day I'm amazed. The one common language that we have. It's like if, if you speak two different languages, like literally, like one spoke German and one spoke like Spanish. Like if you could come together on one thing, it's the Quran. It's the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his words are the common language. The sunnah is the common language. When you marry someone who is religious, these problems are very small. But when you don't marry someone who is extremely religious and these things are more to them, more to them in importance, 
and saving face in front of the people and doing what the culture says over Islam, you have a lot of problems. That's why too many women in the community contact me. Now, if you're already married and this is your problem, you're not doomed, okay? You're not doomed. It's not, oh, it's too late. Okay, you're not doomed. There's a way to fix that too, okay? I can't go into all of it now because it's a whole other podcast. But if you, if you need me, DM me. I have, like I told you, free 15-minute calls, guys. Book them. Everybody gets one of those because I want to help as many women as possible. But these are things to keep front of mind, all right? I hope that was very helpful. I told a lot of stories today. This is probably one of the longer podcasts I've done, but I wanted to really drive the point home that intercultural marriages have so many components. Let me just give you a quick summary of the things I touched on. The first one was define, define, define. Make sure you define the words that you use regularly. Love, what does good mean? What does good wife mean to you? What is what does trust mean to you? These are very important words that are completely ambiguous. They're just really important to define because culturally they can mean different things. Um, number two was expectations. Really understanding what his expectations are for daily things. What is a day in the life going to look like for him? What is what does he expect five years to look like? And, and, and not just in like, oh, where do you want to live? What do you want to do? Like not just, I mean like real expectations. If you can get into like nitty gritty details of what he thinks is the right way to do things, can you give me clear examples? We really, really need to explore these. Number three, and if you're already um, married for any of these equally, you still need to have this conversation. This is for married and unmarried women. Number three, understand your husband's culture, what angers or offends, because you could be doing something you had no idea. And, and it was literally just a cultural misunderstanding. Number four is understand the dynamics of the way that relationships work within your husband's culture. There's certain people that have pivotal roles. They might not be the same in your culture. Is that right? Is that wrong? We talked about that. There's no such thing. These are just people's worldviews. The only time something is right or wrong is if it's against Islam. If it's against Islam, it is wrong. <laughs> this is basic, right? But I'm, I'm not saying like that one person is... If you're both uh, doing something within Islam, okay, alhamdulillah. Um, number five how they talk in their culture. Some people, like I told you, they don't talk directly. They use sarcasm. They don't have confrontation. Um, sometimes you have to go through one person to get to another person. Like, uh, so last thing I didn't, I didn't mention before, I'll just throw it out there. Um, sometimes in certain cultures, you're not allowed to directly approach one family member. You have to go through another. Like if you're um, a woman, you might not, shouldn't maybe go directly up to the uncle and talk to him. You might have to talk to somebody else to talk to him. It's just these cultural nuances that happen within the culture it's not like a male female thing sometimes it is sometimes it's not but the point is don't assume find out all right most of this is all don't assume find out ask questions if you heard nothing from this podcast the summary of it is communication 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 ask 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 try to find out get those answers understand learn more i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast i hope it gave you a lot of information if you need me dm me at any time at mindful muslima catch our classes that we have coming we have a free marriage class we have our challenge anything you need guys reach me but i hope you really enjoyed it i will catch you in the next podcast assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh